goes on media. This is Coming Out Stories. It's a podcast about one of the most important conversations of your life. I'm Emma Goswell. So I'm going to be talking to tons of lesbian, gay, bisexual and trans people over the course of this podcast and asking them to tell me their coming out story. So I thought, well, it's only fair that I should tell my own, really. So let's go for it. I thought it'd be easier, wouldn't it, if I could talk to a friend. So my lovely friend Sam has agreed to ask me some questions. Hi. Hi. What do you want to know? Well, a lot of people always ask, don't they, when did you know you were gay? And, of course, quite often people turn around and go, when did you know you were straight? It seems a bit of a redundant <laughs> question. But you did actually have a moment when you, you knew. It was like a light went on. Yes, it's funny because a lot of people that I've spoken to knew when they were a very young child. I've spoken to people that knew, particularly trans people actually, knew from the age of like three or four. Mm. But for me, I was 18 and it was a very specific moment. So if you ask me, oh, Emma, when did you decide you were gay? I could turn around and say to you, oh, it was um, January the 26th, 1989. Because it was. It actually was. And I can tell you the exact moment. We were coming back. I was on a bus. I was on a coach trip. Um, coming back from a school trip. We'd been to see Les Miserables Ooh. on the stage in the West End. Um, so I could tell you that Les Miserables made me gay. But that would probably be <laughs> an exaggeration and a lie. What happened on the bus back from Les Miserables is I met someone on that coach who changed my life. Because she was new to school. She was in the year below me. I'd kind of known of her for about a month or two, but I paid her no attention whatsoever. And the more I started talking to her for the first time, the more I thought, wow, you're amazing. God, you're an incredible person. Wow, I want to touch you. Oh, my God, what's that about? Why do I want so much of you? What's going on? And that was the first time I questioned my sexuality. And not before I met that woman had I ever questioned my sexuality. So I can pinpoint it to a very specific time. I'd never thought, oh... I hadn't even worked out the fact that all my other friends were sleeping with boys and having boyfriends all the time, and I was just like, something not quite right here. I don't really want to touch any boys. But I hadn't worked it out in my head until I met my first girlfriend. Wow. So it wasn't a case of you having feelings that you suppressed or not no. understanding feelings and trying to fit in with the crowd, as so many other friends have no. told me. You were just like, no. oh, well, I know I don't like boys, but hadn't considered you might like girls? No, I hadn't considered it. Cause 18's I'd... quite grown up. Because I know, I'm a slow developer, obviously. <laughs> slow developer, fast mover. So I, only dis- <laughs> so I only discovered on January the 26th that I might be into women. That was the first night I slept, slept with a woman. What? That day? Yeah. See, for teenage success rates, that's pretty good going, 100%. (laughs) You have gone, I want that. Oh, I've got it. I spent years going, but I like them, and it never happened. Wow, well well done. Not a lot happened, but we ended up in bed together, and we kissed, and a few things happened. And I woke up the next morning, and I thought my life was over rather than my life beginning. Wow. And I really was unbelievably messed up about it, and I just thought, this is a secret that I can't tell people. I, I felt elated in one sense because I felt like I was truly in love. I'd met the person that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. So that didn't work out. But anyway, um, so I felt truly elated and really happy. But I also felt like it was a dirty secret and I couldn't tell anyone. That's interesting that you instantly felt it was wrong. Mm. Why? Because, bear in mind, it was the 1980s. I didn't have 
any other gay people that I knew of. I had no other peers who were out. Nobody was out in my school. Thank God it's changed a lot now. But in the 1980s, nobody came out at school. I didn't know of many other gay people. So gay role models were, and I can name the three of them that I knew of, Boy George, Jimmy Somerville and Andy from Eurasia. And that was it, basically. And they were all men, obviously. Really, for women, it was Martina Navratilova, and that was it. And, and I didn't. That was still a bit unspoken, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm. And it was all a bit scary, and lesbians were all a bit scary, and I didn't want to be a scary <laughs> lesbian. So I thought, let's just keep this under my hat and not tell anyone. And I didn't, in fact, tell any of my um, friends at school until the day I left school, because I was that panicky that I would totally be rejected. Did you talk to the girl about this? Did you talk to your first girlfriend about yeah. this after this night and I, said to her, wow, so is this the first time for you? Do you uh, you know, do you know who you are? Or? It absolutely was the first time for her as well and she was in the year below and yeah, both of us were just terrified and both of us just felt very much that this was something that we were going to keep secret and we did and we had a secret affair which was kind of very exciting. Very, and very exciting. Very illicit and yeah. it felt very naughty and very wrong. Um, and that's what we did. But then, unfortunately, she then dumped me. Oh, teenage love. Well, um, oh. Yazoo, Only You was playing. That's oh, ruined no. that song for me for oh, life. Oh, no, what a song. I know. <sighs> to be dumped by your first girlfriend. Couldn't have been Shut Up, Are Your Face by Joe Dolce. Which <laughs> <laughs> I would never want to hear again exactly. anyway. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so so that, how long after that, that first was, night was that? Um, so I think we were together for about nine months. Okay, it's a long so, time. Um, and about the same time, well, after I was dumped, I was absolutely traumatised. And then this led to my family going, what the hell is wrong with Emma? And of course, I was going through absolute trauma. Oh. I was gay, nobody knew. And I was in love and I'd had my heart broken. And it's horrendous when you have your heart broken for the oh, first vile. time. And you, it never gets easier. No, it doesn't, no. does it really? But 18, it hit me really hard. I was so morose. I was really depressed. Oh. Um, so this is the way I ended up coming out to my parents so my dad took me to one side took me into his bedroom sat me on the bed and said Emma I mean I'm still like I'm shouting it now but he said it in a nice way Emma what is wrong with you and then he did the menu of um, parental nightmares so the exact (laughs) thing he said to me was Emma what is wrong with you are you on drugs are you pregnant or are you a lesbian and I was so Scared. I just went, yeah, one of them. <laughs> you said one of them. <laughs> one of them. Now, to be honest, I think as far as I'm not a parent, I don't know, but I think that was the best one to pick. Yeah, to I lesbian. don't really see that. I wasn't on drugs yeah. or pregnant. No, as a teenager. No, and what? Yeah, one of them's quite a positive thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was the 80s. Let's not forget. Okay, so y- when you said one of the above, what then happened? Yeah. He, he then clicked straight away. He went, oh, okay, he? you're gay, and I was like. Yes, I am. And I've just been dumb. So So it was your dad. So I came out to my dad. The first person in the world. Well, apart from your girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And he was fine. He was more upset because obviously he didn't understand how the world might progress over the next 20, 30 years that I might never be a parent and was more concerned about, I want to be a grandparent. Your sister better have some. Instantly about him, I love that. Yeah, more (laughs) concerned about being a grandparent than anything else, basically. Um, And we cried and we hugged. um, And then, because we're Goswells, we went to the pub and had beer. (laughs) (laughs) And was your mum at the door with her ear pressed up a glass against the wall? She must have been, mustn't she? I think she knew. 
Well, because she's my mother, she'd been through all my love letters from my first girlfriend, hadn't she? Of course she had. Had she? Yeah. So I found out she kind of knew anyway, really. So they were accepting. They were accepting. So how did it Um, feel when you actually said one of the above? Did you say to him, I am gay? How did think, you actually say it? I think eventually, I think I just hated the word lesbian as well in the 80s. I've just, I've, it's taken me about 30 years to cope with saying the word lesbian. I don't know what it was. There were so many negative connotations around it. I couldn't even say, mm. oh, I'm a lesbian. Mm. I think I was happier saying, yeah, I'm gay, which is ridiculous. And I know that now. Well, a word's a word, I suppose, as exactly. well. Exactly. So it did take me a long time. I wouldn't say my parents were over the moon and wanted to throw a party and yeah. let everybody know. They were a bit like... Okay, that's great, Emma. Let's carry on with the lives and don't tell the neighbours. You know, they're a bit like that for a mm. while. I think it took them a little while. And my mother was convinced that it was a phase for about the first 10 years. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we're 30 years on nearly now, aren't we? So, you know, she's probably over the fact that it's uh, a phase now. Um, but did, yeah. you, did you feel relief or happiness? I felt, or? I felt massive relief, but I first yeah. still felt upset about um, losing my first well, girl. still heartbroken, yeah. Um, and then I went travelling for a year and then I went to university. And weirdly, even though I'd been sort of out and gay, well, not very out and gay, I'd been gay for a year, I can't believe I'm saying this and I can't believe I did this, but for some reason when I went to university in Liverpool in 1990, I decided I was going to be straight. I still felt the shame. I still felt it. I what still do you mean could... decided what you were going to date Exa- men? Exactly. I mean, it was a joke, really, wasn't it? I just thought it was It still, in society, it was just too much like hard work. I thought, I just want an easy life. I just want to be like everyone else. It's too difficult to be gay. I can't bear it. I just want an easy life. I'm going to go. And I did try and date men. But me being me, I do wear my heart on my sleeve a bit. Mm. I managed to like literally tell myself, right, Emma, you're going to go to university, you're going to be straight. Lasted a week, drank a <laughs> bottle of vodka, threw up in my neighbour's garden and told everyone I was a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> After a week. So that worked out well. And did it li- was it literally that night? Was it vodka fueled? Yeah, it was, absolutely. D- bit of Dutch courage, really. Yeah, absolutely. And what was the reaction then? Are they, nobody cared. <laughs> nobody cared in 1990 and 91 in Liverpool particularly. Um, and I think it was quite telling the way when I came out to my best friend, actually, Maria, who's like still my best friend today, and this is like 30 years down the line. And this is someone you knew at uni or before? Um, at uni. So we'd met, met in our yeah. um, first term at university. Mm. We're still friends today. And, you know, I was really worried about coming out to her. And apparently there'd been ru- there'd been rumours. So oh, were you one of those rumours about her? Yeah. So mm. we'd all go out down student union and um, have a few beverages, and then at some point in the evening I would disappear, and then someone turned around to me and went, "I think she's going to gay bars," you know. I think and like everyone else was apparently going, "Shut up! Don't say that about her." Oh my God, no! Maria was like, "So what? If she is." So what if she is? But I didn't know all of this. I didn't know I was being talked about. Because you were at the gay bar. Because I was too busy <laughs> down the gay bar. <laughs> anyway, so eventually, another night at the student union, I was like really building up. I was sweating. I was like, I mean, it's ridiculous to think about it now, but it, it is a process mm-hmm. that you have to go through. And you, you want that acceptance, don't you? You want your friends and your family to love you and accept you for who you are. So I really built it up really like massively in my head. I'd had to have a... A few beers to calm my nerves, and I'd... so she wasn't obviously part of the people you told after that drunken night of vodka. No, no, that was she... another group of people. It was another group. You'd met of her friends. subsequently. Yeah, okay. yeah. So she wasn't aware. It's probably like a week later. I can't mm. remember it. 
a few years ago now. So I turned round to her in the student union and I was like, Mary, I've got something to tell you. And she went, yeah, whatever, go on then. And I went, because um, she knew anyway. Yeah. She was like, Maria, I'm going. And she went, yeah, I'm a no. I know, Emma, yeah, that's fine. Can you just move to the left a bit? Because I think that guy over there is trying to give me the eye. Do you think he likes me? <laughs> and straight away, she was, she couldn't have been more disinterested yeah. in my coming. This was my big moment, but she was so much more interested in the fact that some bloke the other side of the bar was giving her the eye <laughs> and she might have a chance to pull him that night. And I was just like, brilliant. Thank God, yeah. actually. I mean, we build these things up to be so big. And actually, most of the time, that is the sort of reaction that you get if you're lucky. Like, people don't care. People are more interested in their own lives, aren't they, really? People are more interested in who they're going to have sex with that night than who yeah. you're going to have sex with that night, aren't they, really? But I know what's so. really interesting, is something you said to me that I'd never really considered, was you said that, that when you are LGBTQA+, mm-hmm. It's something you have to do forever, it seems. You're mm. continually coming mm. out. Every new group of people you meet, every work job that you take, every, you know, if you get a new doctor's or whatever, it seems to be a process you have to go through. Oh, it seems it's exhausting. Even a new hairdresser. Yeah. You know, I, went, I got my hair cut when I was in America like a couple of weeks ago. It's and very it's, nice. And it's, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. I'll let them know. Well, I won't because I won't see them again. But that's, I mean, literally, a conversation with anybody can somehow turn into, you know, what are you doing this weekend? Who are you mm. going with? Oh, I'm going with my girlfriend. Mm. Or, you know, oh, I went to such and such a club last night. Oh, that's a gay club. It's like you're constantly doing it. And... And I think it does get easier. It does get easier. I think, mm. mo- and most people you find don't care anymore. And I think that's kind of the point of doing this podcast, isn't yeah. it? Really, just to make people aware of that. Because when you first do it, it is the most terrifying thing. And yes, I was doing it in 1989 and 1990. But I think if I was a teenager still doing it today, it would just be as scary. Because you want that love, you want that acceptance. And unfortunately, homophobia is out there and homophobia is real. Mm. So it is a scary thing to do. So I'm really hoping that people will listen to these podcasts and realise that everybody's story is different. Yeah. But most times it works out. I mean, you'll hear some stories on here where people have been through hell. People have been through shit. People have had bad reactions. But they've all said it gets easier. And I think that is such an important message. Um, Well, thank you. Should we have a cup of tea? Yeah. No, let's have a beer. (laughs) As ever. (laughs) So that's me. We've got loads more stories to share with you. So please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. We'd also love to hear from you on Twitter. You can find us there at Come Out Stories. I'm Emma Goldswell. And Coming Out Stories is a What Goes On Media production. Coming up next... It's Dean. I didn't actually know that me liking boys had such, you know, in-depth consequences for some people and that this was a real struggle.